Welcome to Sister Scriptorians, where we are devoted to learning, likening, and lifting others one principle at a time. Episode 123, Instruments in the Hands of God. Welcome, welcome. It's another week. I'm so happy you're here. I know Come Follow Me has now switched from the Book of Mormon to the Doctrine and Covenants, but I hope here on this podcast, I can help you keep the Book of Mormon lessons alive as you intensely study elsewhere this year. And speaking of the Doctrine and Covenants, I've begun a Learn, Liken, and Lift moment on Instagram, helping you to just have an applied takeaway from your studies of the Doctrine and Covenants that week. It's not an in-depth study. It doesn't go verse by verse, and it won't capture everything from that week's lessons, but it will give you a way to apply what you're learning. It will give you a way to take some element of the scriptures and take it from philosophical to applicable, from intellectual to practical, so that you can feel like you're making progress on your journey. Progress in becoming like Father and like His Son, and growing closer to them. So come to Instagram, add me to your people that you like to look at. (laughs) I hate the word followers, but come look at me. There you go. Talk to me. Let me know what your studies are, what you're learning, and how you're seeing your life change for the better because of it. I would love to know that. And after the week that we experienced this week here in the United States, these final chapters that we're going to cover today in Mosiah are timely. And they actually give us great counsel on how to ground ourselves moving forward in these times. Though we live in the prophesied time in which peace has been removed from the earth, we also live in the blessed time in which the Lord said he will dwell in the midst of his saints. And one of the ways he gives us peace despite confusion swirling all around us is he enhances the skills of others, making them instruments in his hands. In fact, you most likely have played this role in the life of others as you position yourself close to God and you act in alignment with his desires, either either in your family or in your church callings or just in your ministering. You have been able to move his work along and you, I'm sure, have been an instrument in his hands like Alma and the sons of Mosiah, who are Ammon, Aaron, Omner, and Himni. After their miraculous encounter with the angel, convincing them of the power and authority of God, and after their repentance and being born of the Spirit, convincing all who were present of the goodness and the glory of God, these men then traveled throughout the land telling everyone about their experience. And not always did it go smoothly. In fact, the scriptures say that they preached the word of God in much tribulation being greatly persecuted by those who were unbelievers and being smitten by many of them. Can you imagine? It's one thing to bear testimony of such a tender experience in front of a congregation of believers, but to speak to those who will persecute you and smite you requires a bravery and a conviction that is deep and unshakable. But that was how deep their desires were to repair the injuries that they had caused. 
So they publicly confessed all of their sins. They spoke of things that they had seen and heard with the angel, and they explained scripture in prophecies to those who desired to hear. And because of their efforts, they were instruments in the hands of God. Like all missionary efforts, it was good news that they were able to bring many to the knowledge of the Redeemer. But these instruments, they also had an effect upon the members of the church. They provided the members consolation. Imagine what those members of the church were experiencing just a short time before all of this. Worry? Concern? I think so. Remember, the heirs to the kingdom. Ammon, Aaron, Omner, and Himni, they were engaged in wicked and idolatrous behavior, and many of the Nephites had been blessed to have only known good kings their lives. Remember, we had Benjamin. Well, we had Mosiah first, and then King Benjamin, and then his son Mosiah. Yet, they had heard of the consequences that just one wicked king could have upon a people, and no wonder they were praying so much regarding these men. But because their prayers were answered, they could receive consolation that dark days that maybe they feared would not be upon them as far as their leadership goes. But also consolation and confirmation of their faith. They had had their faith put into action regarding these men and their prayers were remarkably answered. Yes, confirming that God answers prayers. However, they also were able to have confirmation given to them about the atonement of Jesus Christ and its capacity, that it's infinite. Confirmation that Jesus Christ is real. This is not make-believe. And I'm sure this motivated the members to keep keeping on. Another example of recognizing the fruits of their labors the fruits that come when one is an instrument in the hands of God. When you're that, it's going to be good fruit, right? So one of those good fruits is that peace was published along with good tidings declared. If you are seeking to find God in the midst of confusion, look to his instruments that speak of him, that confirm your faith, and that publish peace and good tidings. Look and pay attention to them. Now, partly, I believe, because of their experience with the opposition, no doubt they were able to witness their own conviction in the face of persecution coming from their own people. The sons of Mosiah, well, they appear to have been emboldened by this experience. The course of their lives were changed forever. That angel altered everything. No, their repentance altered everything. They didn't want to inherit the kingdom, and they didn't want to seek after power or riches. What they desired was to declare salvation to every creature because they couldn't bear that any human soul should perish and endure endless torment. They had tasted that torment. It wasn't all magically fixed because an angel appeared to them. They suffered because of their iniquities during their own personal repentant processes. And during their repentance process, their desire began to grow within them. And this desire, as it worked within them, 
help them start to have some really big ideas. Have you ever had a desire of yours start to create big ideas? I know mine has. And a righteous desire such as theirs, it begins to open your mind to big ideas, big impacts that perhaps maybe you alone can't accomplish. But when you're an instrument of God's, well, the sons of Mosiah approached their father and for many days they pled with him that he would give them permission to go to the land of Nephi amongst the Lamanites and declare the word of God to them. Now remember, things aren't pretty there. A people have just left out of bondage from there. And I told you it was a big idea. And it gets even bigger. <laughs> bigger dreams and bigger hopes. They desired to also convince the Lamanites of the iniquity of their fathers so that they could cure them of their hatred towards the Nephites. Instruments in the hands of God, they desire salvation for all. They take upon the characteristic of gods that they aren't respecter of persons. They desire to break down misunderstandings And they desire to establish peace amongst the children of God. They see all as children of God. They don't see divisions of us and them. Despite their differences and despite their traditions, instruments desire not to have dominion over another, but they desire all to become friendly to one another so that contentions can be eliminated and so that all can enjoy salvation. The sons of Mosiah desired the land that had been given to them by God. They desired for that land to experience peace upon it. Also, notice how these sons, who were grown, we're talking of men who were probably at least 30-something, if not older. Did you notice how they didn't just bulldoze past their father king, but they consulted with him? They desired his blessing before they carried on with their own plan, beginning with and putting everything in its proper place. We learn something about Mosiah in verse 6 of chapter 28 on how he resolves conflict. He went and he inquired of the Lord whether or not, sorry, whether or not he should let his sons go up among the Lamanites to preach. And the Lord answered, Let them go up, for many shall believe on their words, and they shall have eternal life. And I will deliver thy sons out of the hands of the Lamanites. What a beautiful promise and assurance that these men were working according to the stirrings of God within them. And as instruments, we too can receive these assurances. We also learn about a good king who was an instrument in the hand of God for his people. And he was so in two main ways. First, he was a seer. Remember, we learn all the way back in Mosiah chapter 8 that a seer has been given a high gift from God. He is a revelator and a prophet. And that there isn't a greater gift that a man can be given. 
A seer can know of things which are past, and also things which are to come, and by them shall all things be revealed, or rather shall secret things be made manifest, and hidden things shall come to light, and things which are not known shall be made known by them, and also things shall be made known by them, which otherwise could not be made known. And how did this seer bless his people? This instrument of God, he was a good, good man, and the people loved him for it. He had the wisdom to more fully establish the church among his people, giving authority to Alma to move that work forward. I think that shows what a good man he was. He also had the ability to be able to bring four groups of people together and help them unite. But he also had a gift that had been given to him to help him translate and interpret languages from the beginning of time and handed down from generation to generation. King Mosiah had in his possession a Urim and Thummim, two stones which were fastened into two rims of a bow, which he used to translate the record that King Limhi's people had discovered and brought with them. The Nephites were anxious to know what was recorded in these plates. It was a record of a destroyed people. In fact, Mormon described the Nephites as being desirous beyond measure to know concerning this people. And acting in faith as an instrument of God to his people while using an instrument prepared by God, Mosiah was able to translate the record of the Jaredites, which we'll study one day. <laughs> and it's found in the book of Ether. The record caused the people to mourn exceedingly, but also to rejoice because of the great knowledge they acquired. This record reinforced the majesty of God, the majesty of the land that they had been brought to, and the truthfulness of the covenant that God had made with them regarding and tying their obedience to his commandments to their prosperity upon the land. Or not. (laughs) An instrument in the hands of God reaffirms eternal truths and he warns of disobedience to those truths. And second, the second way that King Mosiah was an instrument in the hands of God to his people, not only was he a righteous king, but by looking forward and anticipating things to come, he found that it was necessary for him to revamp their entire political system. King Mosiah was an instrument in the hands of God by giving the people their liberty and urging the people to no longer have a king, and the people loved him for that. Since the days of Nephi, remember, we've learned about the cautions of having kings. It's wonderful when you have a righteous and good one, but we see a quick unraveling occurs when a king is not. Perhaps because Mosiah was a seer. Perhaps because the timing was right. Mosiah was able to propose a government that would give power to the voice of the people. Remember how we've talked about that there were four groups of people that he was trying to unite. Can you see how this puts all of them on an equal playing field now? It was a remarkable plan he gave them. One that was drawn up in wisdom and with much consideration But almost just as remarkable is the way that Mosiah went about proposing the plan. 
He appealed to the people. He first desired to know what their will for their kingdom was when he died, and they desired his son Aaron to be their king. But Aaron had declined the role, and so did all of the sons of Mosiah. They didn't want the kingdom. They desired to go up into the Lamanite lands and teach them. So this political leader led his people through persuasion, through meekness, and actually frankness. He informed them of his concerns about future conflicts regarding the calling of another king. How it would just bring into question the legitimacy of another appointed and the possibility for contentions to arise among the people. Instead, he asked the people to be wise and to consider a new system, one in which judges were appointed to judge the people according to the commandments of God. He called for wise men to be appointed, and he then educated the people about the dangers of a wicked king and the burdens that a righteous king carries. Perhaps the people had never thought about the burden that a good king would carry upon him, the travails of his soul for his people, and the effects of the murmurings of the people upon him. If it were possible to always guarantee that the people would have a righteous king, well, that wouldn't be so bad. But the people knew the effects of a wicked king and what that could bring upon the people. And so eloquently, Mosiah summed up the consequences that fall upon the people. Remember, it was only the mercy of God that eventually brought the people of Limhi out of bondage after they had unraveled under the direction of King Noah. Mosiah warned, Ye cannot dethrone an iniquitous king, save it be through much contention and the shedding of blood. For behold, he has friends in iniquity, and he keepeth his guards about him, and he teareth up the laws of those who have reigned in righteousness before him, and he trampleth under his feet the commandments of God. And he enacteth laws, and sendeth them forth among his people, yea, laws after the manner of his own wickedness. And whosoever doth not obey his laws, he causeth to be destroyed. And whosoever doth rebel against him, he will send his armies against them to war. And if he can, he will destroy them. And thus an unrighteous king doth pervert the ways of all righteousness." What a sobering and prophetic warning from the seer king. Mosiah, as a political instrument of the Lord, desired to give his people a fighting chance against such iniquity. He desired to give power to the voice of the people, trusting and working upon the principle that it isn't common that the voice of the people desireth anything contrary to that which is right. But it is common for the lesser part of the people to desire that which is not right. He asked the people to do their business by the voice of the people. And then he warned, if the time comes that the voice of the people doth choose iniquity, then is the time that the judgments of God will come upon them. Then is the time he will visit you with great destruction, even as he has hitherto visited this land. They were to cast their voices 
and select judges to judge them according to the laws that they had been given by their fathers who had received them from God. And if the people weren't happy with those judgments, then the cause could be judged by a higher judge. And a checks and balance system was put into place that if there was a concern about the higher judge's judgment, then several lower judges should be gathered together and they shall judge the higher judge. And the people rejoiced over this opportunity. A check and balance system intended to preserve the just judgments of the people according to the commandments of God is what King Benjamin proposed and what the people accepted. King Benjamin, with his proposal, he made the land a land of liberty, commanding the people to move forward in the fear of the Lord and giving all men the opportunity to enjoy his rights and privileges alike. It didn't matter if you had come from the people of Mulek, if you were of the Nephites, if you were of the people of Alma or of the people of Limhi, everyone now had an equal chance. And all should answer for their own sins and not have it laid upon the shoulders of just one person. This was the opportunity for prosperity and true self-reliance. As an instrument in the hands of God, Mosiah preserved this people, preparing them to be ready for self-government, preparing them for liberty, the opportunity to truly use their agency and then to experience the consequences of their own personal choices. What he also gave them was a leader to love and to honor, seeing in him righteousness and humility admiring how he never required anything from them for his own support, but he led them in righteousness. And because he supported himself and did not lust for riches, and he didn't take the riches of the people, the people were able to have the liberty of using their own resources for their own needs or to do as they saw best fit. And he kept them safe, avoiding contention and bloodshed. He valued their lives along with their liberty, and he allowed them to grow and dwell in the comforts that peace in the land provides. He judged in righteousness, establishing a trust with the people and a security among all. A righteous political leader who is an instrument in the hands of God, he puts aside his own aspirations, and he calls upon the good in his own people trusting that they'll know what to do with the power and liberty that he places in their hands, because that's where it belongs. To me, the connecting blessing that comes and shines through each of these examples of instruments in the hands of God is the establishment of peace. They desired peace. They considered and made plans to establish peace. They were willing to cross the misunderstandings to acquire peace. They used their energy to appeal the people for it. And they put aside their own agendas and trusted in God and God's children to help them achieve peace. Without the Book of Mormon and its its examples of instruments used by God to establish peace, would we recognize the path we should take? Would we know how to establish peace when faced with persecution and misunderstandings or potential political strife? 
Or would we appeal to the natural man in us that thinks that there's a more effective way through force, anger, and restriction? What are your thoughts? When searching for peace amongst the chaos, look to the instruments in the hands of God who confirm your faith and publish peace and good tidings, who desire salvation for all, who use their energy to break down misunderstandings to build unity and friendship, who take measure to avoid contention, reaffirm spiritual truths, and preserve your liberty and allow you to answer for your own sins.